What's up and welcome into the lead block. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, my name is Tyler Walters. I'm here alongside my guy, Matthew Anderson. Matthew, how you doing? Doing great. Glad that this cold front is over. Yeah, for right now. Um, before we get into it, make sure you are following the show on Twitter and Instagram at the lead underscore block. Uh, did I get that right? I always feel like lately I've been messing it up. I think, I think I'm this is right. That right. At the lead underscore block. I know that's it. Uh, and then... Make sure you're following us on on Spotify if that's where you listen, or, or throw us a uh, subscribe on iTunes, drop a rating, tell us what you think, reach out to Matthew and myself. Matt, you can find Matthew at MattTheChosen1 with the number one. Uh, myself at TylerWaltersCNR. Um, reach out to us, let us know what you think. If you have any comments, questions, whatever, anything you ever want to talk about on the show, uh, or any questions for us in general, feel free to let us know. Um, and we will address it for sure. So we're going to start today with Saturday night's big fight. Tyson Fury the second versus yeah. Deontay Wilder. Second, I, second I time never, they faced off. Yeah, I never really know when these fights are happening because I guess I just don't really follow the boxing, kickboxing, whatever world. And it's like, everybody's like, you watching the fight? I'm like, who is going, who is, uh, I guess, fighting in these fights? I never really know when they're about to uh, happen. Yeah, so I that... That doesn't surprise me that you don't know about him because, like, it, it's becoming more and more, like, they, boxing is making somewhat of a comeback mm -hmm. with, especially, like, with these two guys, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. They're, they're huge. They're massive. They're crazy. Like, boxing needs heavyweights to be good, and they, they have that right now. They've got a few guys that are good. Um, Anthony Joshua from the U.K. is, like, I mean, he just got beat by big Mexican dude, uh, I think in last spring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they need the big heavyweights and right now they have a good group of heavyweights. Um, so the fact that you don't know about them, is still, is just doesn't surprise me because they, I don't, they still haven't found a way to market to people that are not dissimilar to baseball and they don't, they haven't found a way to market themselves to the younger audience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they can't get point. younger unless, the only way they're getting younger is someone's dad watches fights. That's what I was thinking. Someone's uncle watches fights. Like, that's the only way it's being passed down. Speaking of uncles, yeah, I used to ask my uncles, because as a matter of fact, I'm reading Mike Tyson's book, and it's like, do you ever think that the fighting will ever get as big as it once was? Yeah. And it seems like right now they're trying to make a comeback to it. Yeah. Um, well, for me, like, I always liked UFC more. Basically, like, boxing Boxing to me is pretty, it's boring. Like, yeah. I, I don't find it, like, as entertaining as UFC. Like, I want guys to be able to kick each other and whatnot, but... I'll, sit, I'll still sit down and watch a big fight. Saturday night, I did not watch this fight, <laughs> but I missed it. Um, it was going all over on Twitter and stuff like that. The yeah, they got, like, it. they were, this is this is a huge, huge, huge fight. Probably, the, I mean, well, I mean, they fought, what, a year ago or something? Um, and that ended in a draw, uh, which I think a, neither, a, like, opponent were very happy with, but I think they both understood what was going on. Uh, Tyson Fury wins Saturday night in the seventh round with the TKO. I went back and watched all the video today that I could, and it looked like from the start, I know Wilder got hit pretty hard in the third round, and he just looked like he was just hanging on. Somebody's, like he was just barely there for the rest of the Somebody's eardrum went out or something like that. I was looking at it on Twitter. What, you that was Wilder, it? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, that guy, these two, these two guys are legitimately crazy. Yeah. Like, they're insane <laughs> people. Like, you think Conor McGregor is crazy? Like, he is. But these two guys are just legitimately insane people. Going off of that, did you see both of their intros? 
No, I didn't see the. I intros. saw the intros were insane. Yeah, Fury got carried in, carried in on a throne wearing a crown, <laughs> <laughs> and Wilder looked like the Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, that, I he saw did that, that last. He, well, he did that yeah. last time and too, he right? He always does that. Yeah. yeah, but the fact that Fury was carried in on a throne and it took like five minutes for him to just slowly carry him, <laughs> <to the rain. laughs> and it, it was wild. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that. That's for absolutely And ridiculous. after the fight, he led the entire arena singing American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy. Which, that song means, like, you succeeded and you never have to work again. That's crazy. Basically what that song means. So he said, if you guys know the words, follow, sing along with me. And he just sung the entire song after he won the fight. That is ridiculous. The creativity yeah. of these guys are coming up with. I wonder if there's any promotions maybe attached to it or whatnot, but it's absolutely excellent. It's great for the sport. Yeah, I mean, it's good for them. Like, they're getting, they are, like, getting more and more eyes on boxing. But, like, the they can't avoid the problem is that I know that was a big fight Friday, Saturday night. Yeah. I have no clue what they're fighting for. Yeah. I have yeah. absolutely no clue what they're fighting for. They've got 15 different belts in boxing, and yeah. they can't get a unified belt, and it's a massive problem for them. So someone somewhere needs to step up and say, here is a boxing league, we box for this, and you get this when you win. Yeah. And, and it, they need to attach themselves to history and keep one, like and find a linear, like, just find a linear movement with your belts. Like it, it's I have no clue. There are four different heavyweights half the time. Who all have a belt, but like, how can four different people be world champion boxer? Does ESPN doesn't have any type of deal with boxing? Correct? Yeah, they do. They, they do. do. Yeah, this was so I know they do like what is it, like Friday night fights or something. Um, they've got a couple different like boxing things, and they'll they'll throw like smaller fights on on uh, Friday nights and um, on ESPN two or something. It's not like super populated. Like I, I don't. I don't know how many views they're getting on that. Probably not a lot. Yeah. Probably a lot less than your average basketball game, I would think, like your average college basketball game. Um, but, yeah, I just – like the ESPN – ESPN just does everything, and they don't say no to any sports really. But, like, that's another thing that boxing needs to tie itself to is, like, a TV network. So, I mean, you have Showtime boxing, so I know I can go to Showtime and watch boxing anytime I want if I'm a boxing fan. I don't have Showtime. I'm not buying it for boxing because yeah. I have no loyalty to the sport because unlike UFC, where, I mean, UFC had the advantage of being new and different, uh, boxing hasn't, like, attached itself to me because for 90% of my life, like, it was just the only thing I knew about boxing was that Floyd Mayweather is undefeated and yeah. he's just going to continue to be that way forever. Yeah, like, I think and that's, that's all you know. It's just an average, like, person under... 27, let's say. Yeah, I think most people, like, you know, the Mike Tyson, you know, Muhammad Ali, and then, you know, Floyd, and it's kind of like, who else is after that? By the way, this was the WBC heavyweight championship that they were fighting for. all right, so that's what it was. Yeah. But, it like, also, if you look, like, in the photos after the fight, like, if you go to ESPN right now and type in Tyson Fury, he's holding three different belts. Like, that shouldn't be the case. (laughs) Like, he just needs one belt, and I know that's a huge problem for boxing right now and that they are trying to, to make something work. Yeah. But if they want their sport to be the sport again, for because I think for I mean most of boxing's history, there's nothing like and fights still talk like people love watching fights. You can it's so easy to make violence like just someone a man just beating the crap out of another man 
Like, that's an easy sell. Yeah, that's what people want to do. I think fights the number one search thing on YouTube. Not 100% sure, yeah. but it's definitely up there. I, I would imagine fights are. Like, people people want to watch that. <laughs> but you've got to, like, make it easier for us if you're boxing. Like, I don't need to buy Showtime just to watch a boxing match. And, and I mean, like, you can do that. The UFC has changed up to where now, like, you can, on ESPN, I can watch. They just signed this huge ESPN deal. And a lot everything's on ESPN Plus now. A lot of it. But I can go watch the prelims on ESPN. And then if I want to buy the rest of the card, I can buy the rest of the card. Now, it's complicated right now with how you need to buy the card from ESPN. So they've kind of screwed that up. That's just ESPN being ESPN. Yeah. But then before that, they have a deal with uh, UFC, had a deal with Fox, Fox Sports 1. That's a network where I know I can watch sports all the time and I know it's easy to find. I can just turn it on and watch it for free. Yeah. And... Then I have, but also UFC has the advantage of having 50, 55 different shows. They've got Ultimate Fighter. They've got all these other, like, big, biggest knockouts where they go through with one of the commentators and they do the biggest knockouts over the last 10 years or whatever, like, in this division. Like, UFC has made itself very easy to find and to watch. And I think right now, it, add on top of that, that it's just wildly different than boxing, that's why it's still bigger as far as with a younger audience. Yeah, I remember whenever uh, Body Armor first, I think they became the official drink of uh, UFC, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And then you started seeing the recognition. It's like, what is that? I don't know everything about it, but I know they're up and coming. Yeah, for, for sure. All right, we're going to move on from, from boxing talk. Um, but this is something you sent me the other day, yep. uh, Friday, I think. And NFL Draft is adding 16 new drills. Yeah, the NFL Combine. They're uh, adding, combine not yeah, draft. they're adding a lot of, as you said, I think, 16 new drills. Uh, they're very football-specific, and what they're also doing is taking away some of the drills that were originally there. But two of them I want to talk about specifically. For the defensive line, they're bringing in the figure eight, which shows bend and flexibilities. For the most part, those these guys that are these elite defensive ends, mm-hmm. obviously they're going to these combines. They've been doing this for a while now, but it's like, and it's very football specific, and like it translates very easy to the field. So I thought it was definitely a good idea for them to do that, and I'm surprised they haven't done it before. And also, did you see there's a drill named Deuce Staley, the running back? Drill? No, no like that's, I didn't see. It's that. not like the official drill name, but it's kind of named after him for whatever reason. Deuce Staley went to the airport, and I've heard some stories when the guys I work with. Uh, Oh, good. Went to airport's been around there for a while. So I've heard some crazy stories about Deuce. Talk oh, about shit. those later. And, uh, <laughs> but the drill is designed to display a running back's ability to use his eyes while navigating physical obstacles as a ball carrier might perform while running uh, inside zone play. Inside zone is through the hole right between the center and the guard. Uh, which doesn't create which doesn't create a defined target for the running back, but instead the possibility for numbers of options to run through. All this to say is it's like you have some contrast coming at you and you're getting around it. So they're adding that drill to it. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Once again, most times running backs, they do a large part of their ball carrying off instinct. So for the most part, this will just be like sharpening them up. But I'm excited to see those new drills added to the combine. Yeah, so the combine has become, I mean, it's not really like, and you hear, like, if you listen to any interview with, like, an NFL GM now, like, they'll tell you that the combine is not what the combine used to be anymore. The combine is, it's TV. And yeah. The NFL is selling itself to TV audience. Like, they want people watching, you know, their product in April. Yeah. And they found something that people people want to people watch the combine. So for, it, it's kind of, I think, in a sense to, like, give people something more entertaining to watch, uh, which is smart. Um, I think most NFL GMs now will tell you like we want to like, we really want to 
see a kid work out, like we'll ask him to come work out for us or we'll go to their pro day. Yeah. And you can really see what they're doing. Um, but the one thing I absolutely love, they're throwing in a goal line fade workout for a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and that is going to be awesome. Like, oh, that's such a big, like, oh, yeah, duh. Like, why have we not done this before? It's But it's becoming less of, like, a, a combine and more of, like, what they used to have, I guess, on um, Pro Bowl week, yeah. where they would have skills competitions with quarterback. They still replay those on NFL Network all the time. I watched Jim Harbaugh do one, like, a couple months ago. But, <laughs> like, yeah, it's it, it's becoming more of that, which is fine. That's good for TV. Um, probably not, I don't know, NFL people probably hate it now. But for the viewing audience, like, we want to see this goal line fade. Like, yeah, I'll watch a quarter. I'll watch... 15 college quarterbacks screw up goal on fades all yeah, day like that's yeah. gonna be hilarious and whoever's good at it people will absolutely love right out of the gate if Tua stinks at throwing goal on fades in the, in the combine people will say like the word on twitter will be that he sucks that Tua sucks don't draft Tua and it just creates a bunch of drama and I mean that's 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 perfect just stir the pot at NFL like just stir the pot and they're stirring the pot for guys like two and other like top rating prospects, obviously I don't think two will be in this one. But no. they really have a lot more to lose. Cause like for example, yeah. so a guy like Tua, you're going to this thing as a quarterback, you start throwing a lot of incompletions. Even though these aren't the receivers that you're used to throwing with, and obviously by the time the NFL season comes around, you've had been working with your guys all preseason. It's like you have a lot more to lose there. Yep. And so it's like you kind of go there to, I guess, solidify yourself. Because I remember Deshaun Watson, when he went there about, what was that, three, maybe three, four years ago, and they're like, oh, look, he's a little bit off target here and there. And it's like, guys, and the, you have all this film. This is why I'm kind of, we'll talk about in a little bit about Brian Edwards. This is why I'm not, like, too big on it because it's like you've seen his body of work all throughout the season mm-hmm. with pads and stuff on. So just go off of that versus, like, these drills he's doing with receivers he's never thrown with and things like that. Yeah, uh, the, I think the one thing you will see going forward is I, I can easily see a scenario where top prospects decide to sit out the combine. Yeah. Um, and, like, you throw in more stuff like this, and it's it's good for the quarterback who's going to be taken in the fifth round if he has a good combine day or, like, looks good on TV and gets people talking about him. Yeah. Like, he'll probably jump up around just because he created some buzz around himself. Um, but I think, you know, eventually the twos of the world will just say, nah. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence could be the first one to say, nah, I don't want to go to the combine. Like, I'm going to be taking one, number one no matter what. Yeah. Like, you want to come watch me work out, I'm happy to come work out for you or come to my pro day. I've even seen guys like, uh, speaking of how you're saying how for like the fifth round guys, a guy named TJ Green who came out of Clemson about three or four years ago. He's a pretty big safety, like 6'3". He's a good athlete. He played receiver when he first got to Clemson. About 6'3", I want to say like 225. Anywhere he went to the combine, he was kind of a gray area guy. He ran really fast, jumped really high, and was already a big guy. Next thing you know, he was at the NFL workouts with 32 teams. He went to like almost each location. So that really got some buzz going around his name. But for a lot other high prospect guys like they don't really need too much more buzz at yeah, this point. You know, you don't need, like Tua doesn't need but, um Trevor Lawrence is not gonna need any buzz. Yeah. Coming out of college. So He's, it would not shock me for him to say, nah, I don't need to go to the combine and throw coal on fades for you idiots. Yeah. So like <laughs> he's at on T V like I, I know like an NFL team is gonna take me number one. So just you know, you yeah, guys are all fighting over this. me and you've been doing it since I was in high school. 
So I don't need to go to your combine. Because part of the thing about the combine is to like do a lot of stress as far as the medical testing, and then you have the mm -hmm. testing with the. And so it's like, uh, they, so the whole purpose is to kind of test you out. So if you decide that now nah, I'm not gonna do this, I'll go to uh, whenever y'all come to my school for my pro day and where I'm comfortable at, then we'll see what we can make stuff happen, and we can basically just confirm what y'all already know. Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, you just mentioned this. Brian Edwards is not gonna be going to the combine this year because of. An injury broke his foot preparing for the combine. Yeah, I wonder so, where he is. Is he? At, I wonder if he's at ASOS in Arizona or whichever one out. I, I don't. I don't know. I saw a good bit of South Carolina athletes were out in Arizona. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he broke his foot. He let, he tweeted out the other day. He left a put out a long heartfelt message on Twitter. Uh, how he just you know idolized AJ Green growing up and like he's AJ Green's relatively small town in South Carolina. Um, actually, I don't know, Somerville's like the seventh largest city. It's like the fastest growing city in the state now, so. It's like near Charleston, right? Yeah, Somerville's, uh, Somerville, South Carolina is like 30 minutes tops from Charleston. Um, it's, it's massive now, and then A.J. Green went to Somerville High School, which is the most notorious, like, high school in the state of South Carolina, like, and one of the more notorious in the South and in the country as whole. I mean, their, their longtime coach, John McKissick, uh, is the winningest football coach of all time in the U.S. Uh, he's got over a thousand wins in football. He yeah. coached at Somerville High School for I don't know ninety-five years. <laughs> uh, and, and AJ Green played for him, but and, and Brian Edwards is kind of talking about his message, like how he looked up to AJ Green because he was from somewhere that was similar uh, and, and made a Conway. name for himself. Yeah, and got up. And Brian's from Conway, obviously. Conway is smaller. Uh, as far as the eyes of the world go, yeah, and, and went to a school, and he wanted to do those things um, and, and set himself apart in the combine. He said he wanted to prove himself, and, and he's not going to get a chance to do that. But like you just said, like it's nothing to really like. It sucks for Brian Edwards because he's going to miss the combine. Obviously, it was important to him, um, and he's going to miss a couple months, and, and, it, and it might hurt his draft stock. Like, yeah, it, it's certainly going to. I would think. I would think he. May drop a full round because he's injured. Yeah, a lot of uh, scouts are saying that he was probably potentially a day two guy for the most mm -hmm. part. Now he might drop down to day three. But uh, I guess that for guys like him, all that matters is whenever you get to that training camp, what you do with the opportunity. And I'll probably take that under consideration too that, like, okay, he's had an injury here, so we'll see how this thing goes. But one thing I've noticed about Brian Edwards' career is he has played a lot. I think he like a torn groin his freshman year while being injured, and he played yep. half the season on it. And it seems like every year he's played through a lot of injuries. So at least guys know that he'll uh, be competitive regardless. Yeah, he has. All right, let's talk about let's talk about the Cox basketball the other night. So I don't think we talked about them playing Mississippi State on Friday either, uh, because we recorded early last week and we dropped our Friday episode. Oh, by the way, yeah, thanks to Sean and Chris. I meant to say this at the top of the show. For coming on last Friday, well, I mean they came on, they met with us earlier. But thanks for being on the show, Friday show. Uh, we appreciate it. I had a couple uh, really good conversations with both of them. That was, I think, a really good show. So if people seem to like it, or you know, if we keep getting conversations like that with people, um, I think we had good conversations with both of them. That's something we'll keep doing. Um, We've been rolling with the Thursday guests. I don't know, or the Friday guests. I don't know if we're going to have one this week. We might, but, uh, yeah, we'll yeah see. this was, uh, Friday guests seem to be, seem to be working for us. And so I just want to say thank you to both of them for coming on. Um, but with this South Carolina basketball team started last week on the bubble 
and now they're not like it's just not gonna happen. I, I like this week <laughs> just killed them. Like they're gonna pretty much have to win out now. Like they're gonna have to beat Mississippi State again. Like they've got like one or two big road games they need to win. Like the rest of their schedule is winnable. These two games were winnable. Um, they they made a little bit of a comeback against Mississippi State the other night. LSU they like they could have. I mean they could have won. They only lost by six points. Like they easily could have won that game. It's at home. LSU's a team you need to beat. They're ahead of you in the SEC. Like this is gonna get you into the tournament. And we get the repeat of South Carolina basketball, and it's just not happening. Um, I mean, they had five guys with double-digit points, but it, it's like it, it's disheartening. Like for a fan to sit there and watch the team year after year, and you are mediocre, and then you start doing good. I mean, you, I mean, you lose to Stetson and and BU. Yeah. Like th- those two losses, which, which were you, almost inexcusable. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they were. You dug yourself out of that hole, and now you lose these two games. Like, when you start off your season like that in December, it makes February tough for you because you have to roll through February and you can't lose at all because you put yourself in, in a hole to start with. Yep. And then, I mean, you're just back in that hole now because you, you just lost these two games. And had you not lost to Stetson and BU, we, we can sit here and say, yeah, maybe. Like, you know, we can still, we can still see him go to the tournament, maybe. But now it's almost a definite no unless they went out and like make a pretty big splash in the SEC tournament. Yeah, they're zero three since in the SEC since beating Georgia, losing to Tennessee sixty one sixty three, losing Mississippi State seventy nine seventy six, and then finally losing to LSU with the final score of eighty six to eighty. So definitely disappointed for the Gamecocks basketball. And the thing was, people well, they were beat Tennessee, to right? Yeah, no, they beat Ten- they lost Tennessee oh, yeah, the first yeah, yeah. time. Beating Tennessee, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. So just a Mississippi State and uh, LSU game, but it's disappointing because you built some momentum there, beating Texas A and M, Georgia, Tennessee. They were one of the hottest teams in the country, like coming into this week. And exactly. They, they just blew it. And then so it was like you just start watching this, like, yep, yep. Like almost like a humbling experience. It's like, yep, yep, guys, chill out. It's, it's not as exciting as we thought it was. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's they're, like we were talking before the show. Like, they're the Mets. Like, yep. they're the Mets. Like, <laughs> they, they could not be more Mets. Like, they'll do – like, I mean, they made it to the Final Four three years ago now. Like, the fans will cling on to that for forever. Yeah, like, like 2010 team yep. for football. Yep. Like, if their fan, fans will cling on to that forever – and they will love that, but they will watch their team be mediocre every single year. And just when it looks like they're about to do it, like they will fall apart. It it, it just looks when it looks like they find their way, they will fall apart. And I don't. What did you say, Frank Martin was saying after the game? Uh, th- like his, one of his excuses for it was his something loss. about the team and get back to three o'clock in the morning on Sunday Thurs- morning. Th- not Sunday. Thursday. Uh, Thursday. Yeah, after the uh, Mississippi State game. Yeah. yeah. So they get back at three, like. I I didn't see that, but like I know you were saying, you guys were saying that before the show. Like, I mean, that's just part of playing college basketball. Yeah. Like, you have to come o- overcome that, and to even as a coach, like, I I don't even think Frank Martin's not really an excuses guy. So it sh- kind of shocks me that he would even say something like this. But like, you don't. It's it's not the time and place, Frank. Like, you have a team that lost two like terrible, terrible games at the beginning of the season. Now you're in the good graces with fans again. Like, they seem to love you. I love Frank. Like, I think he's hilarious. But and I don't think, I mean, I don't like, fans are losing faith in you. Like, they were jumping off the ship early in the season. And now they're going to jump right back off the ship. You got them back on. And then when you throw out excuses like, like that, like, oh, we didn't get, like, we had a late night. Like, I mean, yeah, it wears on you, but you, you got to find a, a way to win. 
Yeah. I mean, that was three days ago, too. Like, you you get in at 3 a.m. Thursday. Like, I know they have to go to class or whatever, but I doubt any college basketball player is going to class on Friday. So <laughs> let them sleep, and then you can play on, on Saturday, and it shouldn't be a problem. Like, let them sleep. You have plenty of time in there to get some sleep. Yeah, fans don't really care. It's like we're paying you a salary and they have scholarships, make it happen. That's, exactly, that, exactly. That's pretty much how it goes regardless of – Because uh, you're looking at – I mean, you're looking at a multi-million dollar operation with those, you know, 12, 13 guys on the floor. Well, more than that because like, you 20 guys with coaches included. Like, multi-million dollar operation. They don't care that you got in at 3 a.m. you got to figure it out because this group has cost us millions and millions of dollars and you're giving us the same crap every year. Like, you almost get us there – but then you don't, and you did once, and we'll love you for that forever. But we don't want to be mediocre either. Yeah. Like, we know what you can do. Why can't you just do it again? It seems like uh, taking away from, let's say, baseball, I guess you could say. Well, I will say for the sports it does speak to, basketball and men, uh, men's basketball and football, it's like that mediocre word is always surrounding our program. Exactly. It's like yeah, I'm yeah. tired of it's being mediocre. mediocre. It is, like, they are perfectly mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they cannot be more mediocre. They're a bubble team. Like, they've been a bubble team every year since they, you know, went to the Final Four. They're a bubble team. Don't make it. Like, just mediocre. So I guess Very the, average. So, I guess the question is, when is like when do you get tired of being mediocre? And then what changes do you make to no longer become mediocre? And also, like, does this team, do you think, like, this team gets into the tournament? Like, you think? Do you think they're going to be able to, like, do anything when they get there? This is Because that's point. what that's what you show me in what you've shown me this season is you can you can beat good teams. You'll play them close, and you'll lose most of the time. Yeah. So when you play a good team in the tournament, you might win the first round, but I don't see you winning on, you know, you might win Thursday or Friday, but you're not going to win Sunday. So this is I, I wouldn't see you getting out of the second round. Like, for recruiting purposes, it's good to say you got to there, but it's like, what are you going to do to get there? Because you're uh-huh. going to get there and get kicked out of the break. It's good to be able to say to recruits, hey, we've been to the NCAA tournament for the past three years. Not saying that's USC's case, but to be able yeah. to say that, but the fact that if you get there and get sent home every time, it's like how happy are you to be able to like just have arrived, I guess you could say. Exactly. Uh, it's it's got to be. It's it's just frustrating for fans. Um, LSU did improve to 19-8, and eight, by the way. Yeah, LSU is going to be fine. Like, they're having a pretty good year. I, I, the whole controversy with um, – what's his name? Wade uh, – I, I can't remember his first name. Um, their coach is kind of, like, gone away for now. Dissolved out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, I mean, obviously, that like things like that happen. No one really cares about cheating after the fact. Like, <laughs> this will, it's just once the games start being played, other things kind of go away. This is good breaking news. Yeah. Um, but that seems to be gone away for LSU, and they're having a pretty good year. And, uh, I mean, it, that's just a team South Carolina has to beat. Uh, Kansas, though. Kansas-Baylor played each other Saturday night. Kansas beat Baylor at home. I think it's Baylor's first loss since, like, November or December. Like, they have been crushing it. They're number Sheesh. one team in the country. Like, they have been for a while now. Um, but, yeah, Kansas won by, I think, two points. Uh, pretty good game. I watched the last little bit of it at a bar Saturday night. And yeah, it was it was a pretty good game. I didn't even know that game was coming on. I didn't think about it. I just I saw it on the TV. Or I saw it on the bottom of the ticker while I was watching the Cox game. I was like, oh, I didn't know Kansas and Baylor were playing tonight. Like, that's a big game. Yeah, Kansas did beat Baylor with a final score of 64-61. to 61. Kansas was the number three team in the country, and Baylor was the number one. Who is? Do you know who's number two? I, mean, I actually you, have no either idea. Either you guys know? Is it Gonzaga? Is it, uh, I don't know. It might be Gonzaga because I would – I mean, Kansas may jump to number one. 
Yeah, Gonzaga. And okay, it's Gonzaga. San Diego State come in at four, and yep. Dayton comes see, in at five. Yeah, San Diego State was 26-0, and they lost their first game. No, I didn't see that. It was uh, UNLV. Okay. Um, yeah, UNLV, classic basketball school. 66-63. So, old, old school basketball school. Nevada, Las, Las Vegas? Yep. Yep. Hard State. They were the last uh, undefeated team yeah. in basketball. Wow. Um, so yeah, big losses, losses. Yeah, that'll be an interesting team to watch in the tournament. Yeah. Because it's like a Cinderella, but it's like not yeah. really. <laughs> yep. Um, and Auburn. Auburn, you know, I was watching them. They, I, I want to say, was that Tennessee? No, that wasn't Tennessee. Oh, we'll go by it. Uh, they're second in the SEC. And they're, they're number 13th ranked team in the country. Yeah, they, Auburn's had a really good year, too. Uh, really surprisingly, like, they went to the Final Four last year, had a really good year. I didn't think we'd see much out of Auburn this year. We're seeing a lot of stuff out of Auburn. Now, if I could just see Chuck every single time I watch Auburn, I would be happy because I love watching Charles Barkley just on the sidelines going crazy for Auburn. That guy, he is – that is just so much what you want for your for your team, for your school. He is such an Auburn guy. Yeah. Like, Auburn guys are such Auburn guys. And his numbers I mean, good. that's the best compliment you could say about any school, I think. Auburn guys love Auburn. Yeah. Which is – I mean, that's that's cool to watch, so – Seeing Chuck like rip around on the hover and like in the in the front row is hilarious when he when he's able to make it. Good time to be at Auburn right now in football and basketball. Yep, I mean in decent baseball program too. Uh, what did what happened with Demarcus Cousins? So he get cut. Okay, so Demarcus Cousins just I don't know if y'all listen to or the viewers. Shout out all the Smoke podcast. All the Smoke LA always had like these really good guests in there. It's Matt Barnes. Yeah, Matt Jackson. Barnes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, they had just had him on. He was talking about how much he loves his Los Angeles team. He loves the trainer he has. He has been nursing him back from his injury, obviously. And uh, he was talking about even examples like when they go to the movies or out to eat or whatever case. It's like they all want to go because they're really enjoying being there with one another. Literally like two days later, I think it might have been one day later, he gets cut from the team. But he still is working out with the trainer for the team. He was still pregame, still doing like shooting stuff, which I thought that was a little bit odd. So I'm thinking maybe what they're doing here is just like we have to cut you for a roster spot, but maybe next season or whatever the case may be. Is this is like a salary cut or they need a roster spot? Roster spot. So, okay. So I'm thinking maybe maybe in the future they might bring him back, but I know he really enjoyed that training he was working with. So I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I don't think they could do that because they'd be a competitor. But I was about to say, I wouldn't be surprised. They're like, okay, I'm not working with him, but on the side I still want to work with him because this guy really gets me. Especially guys who are in the professions, they really like their guys, and mm-hmm. most of the time they don't try to, like, switch off. Absolutely. Them. Yeah, so I hate it. I was, it was crazy because it literally just dropped, and he was talking about it. And the next thing you know, Demarcus Cousins had been waived. And after all the injuries he's had, he's really faced a lot of adversity. It's interesting to see, too, because, I mean, the Lakers, passed, they had the opportunity to get Derrick Rose yep. passed on that. They had the opportunity to get Reggie Jackson. The Clippers picked him up. Yep. And now they waive Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, and it's like so they're really just dropping the ball on a lot of things. Yeah, and all to get uh, they and most people think they're trying to get Markeith. I'm thinking I'm saying this correctly, Markeith Morris. Yeah, that's yeah, what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. But it's like Lakers. What are we doing here? It it's just I mean Rob Palenka. Yeah. You know? A lot of guys didn't like Rob Blinka. They thought he did, yeah. but, but a lot of he got a lot of credibility about being able to get Anthony Davis to come. But now guys are like, what are you doing? So right. we'll see what happens with Rob. And I think they do need that piece in the playoffs. Yeah. But we'll see. They must have a plan going out there in L.A. at the Staples Arena. All right, we'll shift gears in basketball, a little baseball. Uh, Brennan's telling me before the show. Uh, so spring training started this weekend. I uh, got my first update of the season where MLB for the next – 
eight months, nine months, they're just going to be screaming at me every day and saying, you know, the Sox started in 10 minutes, so here's 55 updates about who's pitching, you know, what color shoes they're wearing, um, how much, you know, the thickness of their socks. They send you an update for everything. <laughs> but that started on, that started Saturday, uh, Friday or Saturday, whatever, one of those days. Um, and I was like, you know what, I just don't even, like, I'm just so, I'm still just gutted by the Mookie Betts thing. I know I talked about it with Sean. Yeah, Brendan just showed me his phone from, like, MLB, like, ESPN. He's got, like, three different notifications about the Sox in the last last two, five minutes. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, But, yeah, it's – I'm still gutted by the Mookie Betts thing, so me and the Sox aren't on a great page right now. I mean, I still love them. They're still my team, but I'm just sad. And, no, I'm not going to root for him in Los Angeles. Screw the Dodgers. Like, I hate the Dodgers now. I liked the Dodgers before. Because I thought Cody Bellinger is fun, and I love um, Justin Turner. It's just a redhead, like, madness over at third base. Like, I really love Kershaw. I've always loved Kershaw. Um, I like their manager, Dave Roberts. Uh, obviously, I'm a Red Sox fan. You can, you know, you, if you know anything about the Red Sox, you can figure that one out. Uh, Dave Roberts gave the Red Sox, oh, was it very, very instrumental in uh, getting the Red Sox to their first World Series. And the first one of this millennium. Um and it's just, like, but now I hate them because they have two, the two guys, David Price and Mookie Betts, that I, I want on my team. Uh, my team just gave them away. But Brendan told me before the show that T, there's, like, a live at-bat where you can just watch TiVo on YouTube, like, every at-bat he takes, which you can watch on MLB Network uh, anyway, but I'm a, or MLB TV. I'm, uh, I don't really like spring training games. Yeah. But I'm going to be watching a lot of Mets spring training games over the next month just to watch Tim Tebow play a little baseball. Why don't you really like them, though? Yeah, they're just boring. Like, it's just, it's fun, it's exciting before, but, I mean, this is like, it's preseason NFL. Like, you you just don't get, like, you, you check in for, you know, you might watch an inning or so, like, every now and then. Like, it's just not who you want to see pitch. Like, they're not throwing as hard. Like, it's it's really just for pitchers to get used to, like, throwing that much and having, like, your body do that much every day, every yeah. fifth day, it, it's getting acclimated. Like, So I'll probably tune in when Chris Sale makes his first start and probably here in the next two weeks or so, three weeks. Um, and, and then I'll tune in, you know, when, like, I don't know, someone someone big is, is doing something. I don't know if the Red Sox maybe just do anything and sign someone. I don't know. Uh, I'll tune it on to see him in a Sox uniform. Probably turn on the Brewers and see Brock Holt and, and uh, Justin Smoke, who just made a move. Justin Smoke, former South Carolina Gamecock, uh, went to Stratford. Um, still lives in the Low Country in, during the off season. Really? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. He's. I mean, his whole family's from there. His wife's from there. They all went to. Uh, I think she went to Stratford too. So, um, but yeah, it, it's. Uh, he just moved to Milwaukee in the offseason, so I'll probably turn on the Brewers just to see him in a different uniform. I, that's my favorite all-time athlete, like, Justin Smoke. I was, as a kid, like, Justin Smoke was my guy. Like, love him to death. I've got a signature on, like, 15 things at my house. So, um, And Milwaukee plays inside, correct? It, uh, well, they have, like, a retractable dome. Oh, okay, so gotcha, gotcha. That stadium, by the way, I've been to now, I think I've been to, like, 10 ballparks. That one is Amazing. Yeah. I still think it's my favorite. It, San Diego put up a really good fight, uh, and it's but that one is just incredible. Like yeah. the food's good, the people are awesome. The ballpark, walking around it, it's massive. 
Like, you're not standing in a concourse, and it's never, like, too packed. Like, they build it with enough room to move around. I guess they're just thinking, like, people in Wisconsin are all bigger anyway because all they do is sit around and eat cheese and drink beer. So, (laughs) but there, it is awesome. I love that place. Uh, But South Carolina baseball gets their first loss of the season Friday. Um, they can go to against Northwestern. Yeah, that can Yeah, so they went to extras Friday night. Uh, Carmen Majenski threw one hell of a game. I mean, seven innings, three hits, one run, six Ks on a walk. But I mean, he had a great Friday night. So same same thing is true as I said last week with South Carolina with Majenski. Like he looks like he is going to be a really good Friday night ace. We're looking at maybe hopefully we're looking at you know. Clark Schmidt from three years ago. Yeah, you know, is he? Hopefully, Majinski is that kind of guy, and he look. He's. I mean, I've you you've heard about him if you're a South Carolina baseball fan. You've heard about him all off season. Like, right. everything is updates on Majinski, 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 and he looks really, really good right now. Uh, make no mistake, though. Like, just because Northwestern is from the north, and traditionally college baseball teams in the north are not that good. Like, the Big Ten is really putting together some good baseball programs here over the last decade. I mean, you had Indiana go to the College World Series in 2013. You just had Michigan play for National Championship last year. Yeah. Like, Big Ten teams shouldn't be doing that. And it's because it's 20 degrees right now and everywhere else. I was just about to ask you, how does that work? Like, it's freezing in these places in Ohio State or all the other schools yeah. that have it. And it's like, because down here it might be cold one day, but for the, like, like so you can play baseball outside. every day. Like you can play I mean, in South Carolina, you can play baseball every day of the year, pretty much. Yeah, so how does that? So what they do is um, college baseball. These bigger teams from up north uh, will come down and they'll just host games at like a neutral site or something. Oh. Okay. So or they'll play a lot of away series early in the year. They'll play a bunch of teams in Florida. Um, they'll play at high schools. Um, I know there was a bigger school a couple years ago that tried to play at uh, the high school I went to, and it just, it just didn't work out with scheduling or something. Um, but yeah, they'll just they just find somewhere warm to play down here. I was actually I was in Greenville the other day. Yeah. Said you know what? Like I've never been to Floor Field. I'm gonna drive over there and check it out. Um, <clears throat> and so I walk up to the gate and I'm kind of looking around. And Michigan State to I found out Michigan State's hosting a series there. Uh, this this weekend, this past weekend, um, in some small school, I don't remember. Merrimack. Okay. Um, Ooh, that's small. And, and I, know, though. I uh, so I'm sta- I stood there and watched them take BP for like a half an hour. Like just I was standing watching. <laughs> so like it feels good to be back in like the time of the year, where like just the sounds of baseball, like the feel, like there's no sport that gives you the feel that baseball does, because it's just it's relaxing and it's like it's classic, like just easy going it's the it's it's spring like it's all of those things like it's nice weather coming it's i just love being around a baseball park and like i just stood there for for like half an hour and i could barely see like over the concourse into the stadium and just watch michigan state take pp uh but yeah if you're i mean look at like if you're in an area like that would have you know has a ballpark like look out like this next week or so like you're still gonna have teams from up north like pretty big um, schools coming down south to play baseball somewhere. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, go to one of those. But South Carolina loses Friday night. They give up four runs in the top of the 10th, and it was pretty much over. Uh, I think they lost 4-2 to two or so, 5-2. to two. Yeah, 5-2. Um, to so, and then, but they explode Saturday, 12-3 win. That game was pretty much over from start. 
I turned it on in the first inning, and I don't know, they'd scored six runs or something. So, and, like, if you, and South Carolina has done that, like, they've scored early in almost every game this year. So, if you turn on South Carolina game, if you miss the bottom of the first inning, like, they've already scored a lot of their runs. Uh, seems to be the thing, because I did that last week, too, and they had already scored five in the first inning. Um, Any word and then I, I didn't check. They were losing. So, we're recording the Sunday at, like, Three or so. I don't know what time it is right now, but yeah, they were they were losing one nothing in the top of the second the last time I checked. Um, so pull that up for us before before we'll finish before we end the show here. But uh, yeah, it's like it's going and, and like if you're a South Carolina fan, which you you should be happy about Majinski, and you are going to need him big time next week. Uh, we got a big series with Carolina Clemson playing. Um, in Columbia, at Founders Park on Friday night, and then they go to Segar Park, uh, Firefly Stadium on Saturday, and then they'll take it back up to Clemson on Sunday and play a game. That is a massive, massive, massive series. Uh, it's important that South Carolina win this game, well, yesterday as you're listening to this, because you don't need a series loss going into Clemson. Like you, That's just not where your headspace needs to be. Did you find a store? Yeah, it looks like they were tied 20 minutes ago. They were, the game's tied up at 3. All right, so, we. Right? I mean, you know what happens by now if you're listening <laughs> to this, so... Look up the score, but yeah, it's they've been like you should be hopeful about this season. Like, there's a lot of young people on this team, but you should be hopeful. And from what you've seen so far, you should be somewhat positive about it. Unless they lose today, then you should be a little negative. <laughs> You'll you should know how to feel as Monday as you're listening to this. What you're predicting as far as when they play Clemson? I don't know. I have no clue. Like Clemson's always the best like measure like of your season. Usually. Last year it wasn't because they had a great series against Clemson and then they just crapped the bed the rest of the year. But usually, like, Clemson is a very good test of where you are. And those games are usually pretty close. It is, without question, the greatest rivalry in college baseball. There's okay. no, There are no two other programs that have... You can make the argument for Florida and Florida State now that Florida's won. Um, but, like, we took a, took a little... A dramatic little, pause. Yeah, dramatic pause there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Some stuff's going on in the studio. It's it's always just student media. It's yeah, it's one it's student <laughs> media. It's one thing or another around here. But uh keeps the lead be interesting. But yeah, like you you should be excited about Clemson series next weekend. Um if South Carolina won yesterday. You know. I don't know yet. So you're living in from the past. Yeah. Like, you should be excited, but also from the past. You should be pissed off. So, yeah. Like, I don't Give know. us your thoughts on the yeah, game. Let, yeah, let us know. But make up. sure, like, you like watch this baseball team because you are going to see something like, special over the next couple years with this program. It is I I do believe Mark Kingston will get this program back to where what it was like five years ago, six years ago, and like we're in probably one of the worst downswing South Carolina baseballs ever had, which is crazy to think about, like how good they are, and, and this should be. It has fallen off from what it was. It is This is the premier baseball program in the country. You are in South Carolina. You have a beautiful, beautiful facility. You have all the supportive fans. These fans love baseball. Like, this should be every single recruit's number one pick yeah. to play baseball here. It's like one of those places. Like, if they send you a letter, you're going to come out there to at least see what it's about. Absolutely. you got to demand that kind of respect. Uh, and you can say that elsewhere around the SEC, but – other, no one has the facilities like they do here in Columbia. Like this should be the number one program, and they should be winning 
more than anyone else in the country. Yeah. So, I mean, they like they need to get there. And I think Kingston's going to do it in, in the next year or two, but it needs to be fast. Yeah. You get, like, this program deserves, these fans deserve so much more than what they've been given over the last five years, and they just kind of roll out a crap product. And it, it's it's tough to watch for fans who, like, this, their whole life, like, South Carolina has been the best baseball program in the country, and now they're just not anymore. Do you think he ever asked, uh, the head coach ever asked Ray Tanner for any advice? Oh, I'm sure, like, all the time. I mean, Tanner, Tanner, I don't know about now, but I know when Holbrook was still here, Tanner was on the baseball field as much as he possibly could be. <laughs> like, and you can't take you can't take the guy away from it. Like, he loves baseball. I know he loves doing his AD job more. At this time in his life, he would, I can guarantee you, he'd rather do what he's doing than still be coaching baseball. Because uh, I think he's he's always wanted that AD role. Yeah. But, like, I think if you asked him in December or if you ask him during football season, I'm sure he'd rather be a baseball coach because he's under a lot of, like, just a lot of pressure from the football program. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's, like, I don't know. they they got to figure it out because it's, it's what, like, this program, the athletic department, should be embarrassed by, like, the, what the program's put out over the last five or six years. Like, the fact that you weren't making the, like, you weren't making the NCAA tournament, and you're not getting out of a regional. Yeah, is absurd. Yeah, it's crazy, and, and like it's it's about time you know they figure it out. And here we are. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out next weekend. Um, I mean, you drop two in Northwestern to you know, like you can't do that. Like it, they're they're a respectable program, but like I mean, you should be the number one program in the country, and it should not be a problem. You should beat Northwestern. The baseball community will not respect. The no, night, absolutely uh, not. Settle for mediocrity. Absolutely not. Uh, and, and, I mean, basketball is very mediocre here, as we've talked about, but, like, baseball has never been the mediocre thing. And it's, like, you're you're just, as a university, you were just, like, stabbing your fans right in the heart when the baseball program is bad. <laughs> because they always know the one constant is, well, we're going to beat the crap out of everyone in baseball this year. And that's just not happening anymore. Like, that's gone away. Definitely. And it's I don't know like it's I I don't know if it's a mindset change around around the campus like obviously you you lose Ray Tanner one of the best baseball coaches of all time, uh, but like there's someone out there who's you know capable of coaching this program to national championship, and you need to find them. <laughs> like, it's and I hope it's Mark Kingston. Like we'll see. Like this year will tell us a lot. Like he he's still very very early in his career here. And the one thing I'll say about Kingston is Holbrook was weird. Uh, and fans got put in an awkward spot where they liked Holbrook, but they didn't like it. wasn't enough. It wasn't really a change, and it was just kind of like, a, like you know, the sidekick gets the team now. Yeah. No offense to Chad Holbrook. Um, I think he's building a pretty good program at at College of Charleston. Where they screwed up was Clemson's got the guy that you want. Like Monty Lee is at Clemson, and he is not in Columbia, and he should be in Columbia. Um, but yeah, I mean. I, we hope Kingston's the guy. Like we'll see. Like he he like he needs to be, but like I it's I think it's just fair for fans to expect this be the best program in the country because it has every reason to be. Well, these fans will get to watch Monty Lee and the Orange and White on uh, Friday. Yeah, Saturday. next next weekend. That's a big series. We'll talk about that next week. All right, that's gonna be it for us uh, for today. So we don't know if you're getting a guest this week or not, but we'll keep it uh, we'll keep it interesting. That's for sure. We'll we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about for Friday. Um, Make sure to send in your thoughts to uh, the Dwayne Wade uh, 30 for 30 that drops tonight, 9 o'clock ESPN. Yeah, it dropped, it dropped last night, so go yeah, find yeah. it. Uh, Matthew's all pumped up. Today. I'm he excited in. He's about ready it. For, he's, he loves the sports stocks. So. Yeah. 
He's ready to go with the Yeah, league. and side note, going off of Gamecock Athletics falling short of everything, Cox Cross team still rolling. Okay. Still oh, that's defeated. true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's the one. Uh, who they beat, play this week? They beat FSU this weekend and UCF. Yeah, they were on the road, and they were in Tallahassee all yes. weekend, right? And shout out Kev Sansone. Yeah, Kev Sansone. Did he? Of his freshman Freshman year. All right, so, I gotta text. I gotta text Kev since yeah, so let him know what's up. Go, go out to a Cox. Are they home game. next weekend? I believe so. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. I went in the freezing cold and I had a lot of fun. fun. I was it was the most miserable weather you could imagine being like standing in, because uh, it was freezing and raining. Yeah. But I I had fun doing that and they're a lot of fun. So go go watch them and the, the good thing about being at lacrosse game is that they don't get a lot of attention. Everyone that is there loves what they are doing. So, I mean, that's the one thing you can always guarantee if you go to a club sport is that the people who are playing and the people around them love, like, what's going on in front of them. Yeah. So you you get, like, a passionate crowd. That's, that's, that's what you want watching sports. You want the passion. That's what Absolutely. So shout out Cox Across, defending, defending national champions. Um, hopefully they keep it rolling this year. But they're, they're the constant now, I yeah. guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's going to be it for us. Like I said, we don't, we don't know what you get Friday, so you're in for a surprise because Matthew and I are in for a surprise. Um, and then, but yeah, keep listening. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at the lead underscore block. Uh, follow Math, Matthew at Math Chosen One uh, with the numeral one. Um, myself at Tyler Walters CNR. Uh, reach out to us. Any questions, comments, whatever. Like so, like Matthew said, like let us know what you think of D Wade Doc. Let us know your big thoughts on it. We'll talk about it. I know you're pumped up to watch it tonight. Ready to go. So yeah, um, yeah, that'll be that'll be a good watch for Matthew, and we'll we'll probably talk about that a little bit on Friday. Um, so I think they've been making that thing for like ten years, so it should be pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Oh, thanks to Ben Sound for the show music. Um, and that's it. Any last words from you, Matthew? That is it. All right. Well, we'll see you Friday. This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.